so Griffin, you are about to experience um, everything uh, id Software has to offer at the annual QuakeCon. I mean, I don't anticipate that I'll be experiencing much things directly through id Software. What does that by mean? Which, by which I mean that there's not going to be any fucking Doom talk at all at this thing, as there never is. How long has that game been in development at this point? It's been a billion years. I mean, I'll, do, I'll, I'll give it the old college, but I feel like asking people from id Software at QuakeCon about Doom, it has almost turned into, like, a fraternity, like, pledge dare. <laughs> it's the, the, the futility of it is, like... Do you yeah. think it's a Texas thing that maybe you aren't allowed to release games until they've been in development for, like, ten years? Well, the state is so big. Yeah, and the you heat, know, it's, too. Like, every, the, the heat just... They're like lizards on a rock. They you finish move. the build... Which is, like, hard to do anyway, because, like, trying to motivate a team of 100 developers when it's 100 and butt-sweat-hot outside. Yeah, and I guess most people don't know that if you are a developer in Texas, those 100 people have to have at least 10 miles apart from one another. Like, right. they're all, they're scattered across. Right. Um, there's very little collaboration just because of the geography. Yeah. yeah, and it's all delivered by rickshaw. Rickshaw traveling over hot... Um, hot wastelands. Yeah, it's, football it's very, fields. I, they had a they had a build of Duke Nukem uh, forever ready, like in two thousand and four. And then you know what happened? Vultures. Whoops. I'm Griffin McRoy, and I know the best game of the week thing. Hey, I'm, I'm Chris Plant. I know the best game of the week. I'm Dave Tack, and I also know the best game of the week. A jaunty good day to you, sirs. I am Ross Frostick, and I happen to know the best game of the week. Uh, we're the besties, and together we get together on a weekly basis on Fridays. And we get together on Fridays, and we talk about games, we talk about sports, we talk about interior decoration... We talk about um, new experimental kinds of Twizzlers. Um, there's there's really a new one every week. Have you tried um, that one with the like the juice in it? It's like a gusher, but it's a Twizzler. No, but you've just described a, a very real, very powerful dream of mine. Yeah. Um, Justin, my brother, and my boss is out. Um, I, he's on vacation in Savannah, Georgia. Um, so 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 substituting for him is professional professional Griffin McElroy substitute Dave Tack. Hi. This is this must be so weird for you planting fresh stick cuz it's like you're caught in like in between the cracks of some sort of multiverse. We, we've never done this array before and it I really is so. uh, blowing my mind apart. You can just do what I do and pretend that Griffin is Justin. That is don't ever say that again. Um, we we are going to talk about some games this week. Um, we've all been playing some games. There have also been newses, but I don't think we want to talk about those, right? We're pretty much going to stick with games. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? We'll see. We'll see where the spirit moves us again. Um, why don't you start us off, Dave Tatch? Oh, boy, how exciting! Um, my thing of the week is the best new old game 
I think I'm calling it, and that is uh, Rise of the Triad, which I have been playing for uh, and failing at miserably for days and days and days. Um, do you guys know Rise of the Triad? I actually, apart from the name, have no prior experience with the series or the game at all. So I, I, I imagine know- a world in which someone doesn't know anything about this game and you're living in it. I on actually the flip have, side. Oh, no, you go ahead, Greg. I had an embarrassing... Well, they announced it last year at QuakeCon. QuakeCon. That, that was my first QuakeCon that I covered, and I got, like, a hands-on demo and interview with the, like, new creators. And, like, there's so much nostalgia built into the game in that um, its weapon set is fairly zany, and <laughs> its its violence is, you know, pretty over-the-top. And they were giving me this demo, like, here comes this, the Excalibat. You remember that, right? As like, you know. I, I don't actually, I super don't remember that. I'm sorry. It was my first first-person shooter, and it was my entry point to uh, casual misogyny. Because that, on the box, it has the woman uh, with blood all over her, and she's wearing a very revealing V-neck. Uh, that they've since neutered mm. in the remake art. She had, like cleavage and now they've replaced it with like a very weird tattoo interesting there's um, a follow-up question is there anything like formal misogyny is that a thing no i think it's like it was like oh, oh yeah. you know it's just like a box art no no big deal it's yeah, not like I've... you know like a, a trashy like rag what, hmm. what, is that what they call playboy magazines they trashy call them rags. trash trashy rags yeah. trashy rags trags I don't think anybody calls it um, that. But yeah, it was my first FPS. And what's funny is I've been playing this, and I'll let Dave talk about it, but it's nothing like what I remembered it being in my head. Uh, it's The box art makes about as much sense as the game, um, which is actually works out pretty nicely. Um, it, it really is a remake of a Doom-era first-person shooter in Unreal Engine 3. Um, Chris, you've played it, right? Yeah, and, and I, I actually just got off the phone with uh, Scott Miller, who was <laughs> like the guy who, who funded the original and you know made, I guess, we'll probably make some money off this one. Uh, it's, it, it, in my head, Rise of the Triad was just Wolfenstein, which <laughs> is like slow and flat, and that's not it at all. No. The original Rise of the Triad was one of the first uh, Y-axis, or what is it, X, Y, Z? Yeah, Y. Oh, so you uh, can look up. Games, you, you can look up and down, and there's bouncing pads, so you actually, there's platforming, uh, which is about as much of a nightmare as you probably imagined it would be <laughs> back in the day. Um, and the new one is pretty much the exact same thing, but with shinier graphics. Like, they yep. really did... Just make a super fast, really bizarre, kill everything as fast as you can shooter. So you and think that's it's, what it is. it's in the spirit of like a Serious Sam? It, Serious Sam was inspired a lot by Rise of the Triad. Sure. And, and yeah, so I mean, now it's like kind of fulfilling that circle. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it, and, and it reminds me of things that I've essentially forgotten for 15 years. Well, it's like because how, nobody's how making, used to be. nobody makes shooters like this anymore. Like right. nobody, nobody makes these... Um, you, you guys remember that sort of uh, shitty-toned video about how if they remade Quake in modern days, this is what it would be like, and it was just like one long corridor with a giant reticle on the screen, and you, <laughs> there were tips that popped up every four seconds. Like, 
that was you know pretty exaggerated but like not so far off and and this kind of represents just a style of of maze shooters that i just think fell out of fashion a decade or so ago well yeah i I think everyone appreciates that i don't think as gameplay they don't they're not super fun they were fun at the time because we didn't really know any better but they they do not age well at all no I, i remember picking up i think doom 2 for xbox live arcade with the with the rewind feature, or was it? I think it was actually Duke Nukem. Um, that just like man, oh, yeah, God. Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track, and especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want. Get rid of the rest. Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have, and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties that's rocketmoney.com slash besties rocketmoney.com slash besties it's it captures that feeling perfectly um both good and bad and uh i think as as shooters have gotten more intelligent this takes a deliberate step back and there's i'm not saying there's anything wrong with that but, but it really is like Chris said, an excuse to run. I mean, your walk in this is a uh, is like a Usain Bolt sprint. And what's, the then, run? what's the sprint like then? There, there, there. That is your sprint there, and yeah, your walk no and your sprint. everything. You just sprint. That's it. Period. And and they throw enemies at you that appear at first to be uh, about as smart as a sack of rocks, but if you stay still. Uh, for any amount of time, they will absolutely destroy you, and that was that was my. It was like a great unlearning for me uh, for the first few days of playing this game, when I did miserably, uh, miserably. I was terrible at it, and I'm only slightly less than terrible at it at this point. Were you just like uh, hiding behind chest high walls and waiting for your health to I, refill? I'm like, oh, wait, fuck, that won't. Right, work. right. Mm-hmm. I was looking for the zombies that didn't come, and I was trying to play it stealthy, and that doesn't work. No, it's. Ba- I mean, it really is. You have to remember that the point of the game is to go insane, and shoot like the gun that has a wave of fire that just obliterates everybody, and look for all the secrets which are hidden everywhere, so that you can get these crazy power-up weapons that don't make any sense. But they don't have to make any sense because they're there just to be completely insane, uh, and they have built uh, cheat codes right into it. So I. Oh, that's fun. I, yeah, like turning on God mode is I, in under normal circumstances in a normal game, I, I wouldn't do that. Um, 
And I am playing this so that I don't have to do that, but man, I'm going to have a lot of fun turning on God mode at some point just to to motor through. It's the opposite, and again, this is not a knock. It's the opposite of a thinking man shooter. It's just there to be crazy, uh, and it accomplishes that. And You sound, and you sound pretty excited about it. It sounds yeah. like you're into it. Yeah, it's yeah. fun. It was, it was an absolute drag for the first... Like, I got stuck on World... Like, straight up, got stuck on World 1-3 for and, and hours. I mean, I just kept Couldn't essentially... Couldn't find a key. There was a switch. <laughs> oh, there are, there are switches. There are colored keys. Ooh. There are everything. And I just... Yes, it is everything on its face designed to be everything like that kind of game that I haven't touched since about the time that Rise of the Triad first came out. Like, like back when I was playing Star Wars Dark Forces or whatever that was called. Um and I didn't think I missed it, and I didn't think I wanted it, and it was a lot harder to get back into. Uh, but actually, the thing that taught me really how to play uh, was was getting in the multiplayer, which is a big component of the game, um, where you just where they just throw you several insane weapons and, and a couple of other guys in a room, play some music in the background, and just everybody goes nuts. And uh, it it is. It 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 may be a one trick pony, uh, but it's a pretty good trick. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. That I mean, that's what was great about the ori- original Rise too, and I think is what's good about this type of shooter. And what still disappoints me with Halo and Call of Duty, even though I love both, especially the latter, um, is they just aren't fast and crazy. No, uh, they've gotten so competitive that they've lost a certain part of the wacky. Uh, okay, let's have some beers and just blow each other up for a few hours. And I right. feel like this game nails it. Halo's Halo's like a it's big encounters are like a gameplay puzzle, right? You go in, you got to figure out who to take out, how to take out, yeah, when to take them out. There's not literally a strategy. goddamn red key to open the red <laughs> well, door. That, yeah, well, that's the difference between the single player and the multiplayer. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, yeah. This this is just shoot people, and it turns out. Uh, though I haven't really played anything like that in a long time, just shooting dudes is fun. Yeah, That's... the Serious Sam games. I, I, oh. I said earlier there weren't many games like that. People making games like that, but I think the Serious Sam games are kind of in the same vein. Yeah, but those have also sort of worn their welcome and gotten progressively worse over the years to the point let's, where I can't even stand them. Let's talk about another game. I've, I've got actually a good yeah. se- I've got a good segue if you Hit guys me, don't man. mind, and I'm going to pull an audio audible because I was originally going to bring one thing, but then I realized we had not discussed one of the biggest game releases of the last few weeks, and I was going to do it right here. Break is this a up. goof? Is this no? A this is not a goof. This is legit. <laughs> um, my game is the actually best old new game to come out this or to that I played this week, mm-hmm. and that game is Shadowrun Returns. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Sell me on this fucking game because oh, I never played the original, and it seems like something I could probably sink my teeth I can, into. I can sell you on it very quickly. Imagine blending XCOM with Fallout 1, and that's Shadowrun Returns. That uh, sounds all right. It's groovy. So so here's the deal. I never played the original either. I know a lot of people are fond about it. Like, dig the SNES version. I think there was a Genesis version as well. Um, I never played them, but, you know, I dug those games from that era, which were, like, the Fallout 1s of the world and, like, those RPGs that were half about reading and, like, talking to people as much as they were the combat. Um, Shadowrun Returns is definitely in that spirit of game. Um, 
it uh, the store it sort of comes with its own uh, obviously campaign as like a starter campaign, which is actually quite long. But the story is essentially like film noir. You know, your buddy dies and uh, he leaves like a, a dead man switch and his head flips off and he sends you a message that's like, if you find my killer, I'll pay you a hundred thousand dollars. So that kicks off this like that's very. Not many do- that's not a lot of dollars. No. Well, in the world of Shadowrun, that could be. A I'm lot. just saying, you win more dollars. Maybe on they're the, creds. On the Biggest Loser. Cred sticks. I a Biggest Loser. If you win the Biggest Loser, you win two hundred fifty thousand cred sticks. Oh shit! <laughs> well, I mean that's tough though because you, you got to lose all that weight. You got to lose. It's probably easier to just find someone's killer. Oh, um, who done it? And who done it? You can win. I think it's also a quarter of a mil. Yeah, but then you get mauled by a tiger. So. As a mountain lion. God, that show's fucking bananas. <laughs> Go on. Um, so, so there's a couple things I want to talk about uh, for Shadowrun Returns, but the big one, the one that I think I find most appealing, is the combat, which is like legit, very um, XCOM-esque. Um, but the difference between that, uh, the combat in this and versus XCOM is that you, it feels like you have a lot more control over how you develop your character. Whereas in XCOM, there was like four classes, and each of the classes had a very like strict narrow uh field for how you can upgrade them whereas here there's like tons of skill trees and powers to unlock and like tons of weapons and stuff like that um and but it's all turn-based and like really thoughtful and you're dealing with like percentage to hit chance and stuff like that very retro old school stuff Mm -hmm. and backing all that up is like a really well written story and uh an art style that looks obviously inspired by that like isometric era of RPG but modernized to the point where it looks amazing even on like my crappy MacBook Air Um, it runs great on a MacBook Air I should mention oh really runs great that's the only endorsement I really need yeah and uh, it's just a really cool art style that's very true to the series while updating it for like an HD uh, system Um, so that's all the good stuff there is a lot of good stuff to talk about this game I really dig it um, it's a cool like tool that I'm sure people will use to build mods and their own stories, et cetera, et cetera. That's all great. There is obviously one very large issue with this game that you may or may not have heard about, and that is the saving. Um, you cannot save anywhere in Shadowrun Returns <laughs> at all. You're only The only way to save the game is through autosaves that happen when the game decides the game should autosave. Um, this is becoming the norm. Like, let's like Bioshock Infinite did not have discrete saving; it was all checkpoints. But the difference is the checkpoints in Bioshock Infinite were not twenty to thirty minutes apart, whereas oh, they sucks. definitely are in Shadowrun Returns. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a pretty big bummer. Not because I'm like I don't mind like having like I think it's kind of good to have tension and like if you die, you're punished enough that you have to go back, but. I'd rather have the option, and I also like I don't pl- like I ne- I don't want to be in the mindset where it's like, oh, I can only play this game if I have thirty free minutes to dedicate. Well, not to only it. that, but like having to make that decision every thirty minutes because you know every right. time you hit a checkpoint, it's like, well, do I want to commit another thirty minutes to this thing? Right, and yeah. I and I definitely find that I'm going through the game much slower because it's like, oh, I I need to stop now because I don't know whether I'm going to be able to make it to the next checkpoint. It's, I mean, I've looked online, the developers have said there were technical reasons for it, and that they don't like checkpoints better than actual saving, but, and in the long run, it was just like a triage decision, 
it seems like a pretty major uh, miss on their por- on their part that I don't think you can really excuse. Like has, it's a, it's a has anyone ever game. leveraged the complaint against a game the saves were too frequent? No. <laughs> like seriously, that's never you yeah. you can't use something as basic as determining where you want to like leave off and continue playing a game as something to determine tension. Yeah. Like that's that's fucking poppycock. That's crazy town. Especially like it like if that's what you want to do, if you want to determine tension by not allowing the player to save wherever they wherever they want, do like do like Dark Souls did, or that's the only game that's coming to mind, but I'm sure there are hundreds of games that do that, where like it's constantly, constantly, constantly auto-saving. Yeah. yeah. But to an extent where like if you die, it doesn't take you back to that save. Yeah, well, I should, I should like mention, it's not a, it wasn't a design decision. It wasn't like, oh, we're doing this because we want to increase tension. It was literally, we can't get this running in time to ship the game. So we're well, just going to do a checkpoint. Then you Saves? then just wait a bit. I know. I'm, I'm completely with you. It's, it really stinks. That being said, it's it's telling that despite something as large as not being able to save wherever you want, uh, I still really, really enjoy the game and definitely endorse it. Uh, it's got the Rust Frustic seal of approval, which I know uh, you could trade in at like Best Buy for a free copy of the game. Have they yeah. said anything about a patch? Like, if I wait a month, I've lo- they haven't said anything specifically. I mean, if they do release <sighs> a patch, it's it's a big deal to like not have saves and then implement them later. That's not a small patch. So I think it'll be yeah. if it happens months away. Wow. So. I'll still uh, you know, check it out. But a little bittersweet, but yeah, I would definitely recommend checking it out, especially if you like, like RPGs from that era. That is so high on my list of complaints. Yeah. Is like, I will stop playing a game I'm really, really, really enjoying if it if it dictates the pacing of my, of my play that um, thoroughly. Like, it's a computer. You just, like, pause all the files. Yeah. That doesn't seem that hard. But I don't make <laughs> games, so I don't know. PlayStation you 4 can do it. all the files. <laughs> it's a file pause option. Oh, yeah, just, you, you know, just pause all the files. It's a file menu to pause. Copy it to a flash drive. Just, right, make a macro, take, yeah. and you're done. Take shadowrun.save and just, like, you know, freeze it right there. Yeah, yep. just your entire computer at that point in time. Take the, all the zeros and ones, fucking copy and paste them into a, a Word doc. It sounds That's so easy when you. It say is it. easy. It's baby. It's baby school. What I just did it. Let's talk about halftime. Okay. Halftime. Yeah. This episode of the Best Needs is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right. So, you know there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi 
And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos, you can do whatever you want, and it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their aura frames and they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. You go get a phone. You just want a phone to talk to your friends and family. You're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts and you get ripped off because you got all this fine print little details and all of a sudden they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech. You know, the contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? Not going to pull that nonsense? Mint Mobile. They're wireless plans. There is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for, like, literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or do you want to have a nice, easy solution, save some, put the bucks back in your pocket, pay 15 bucks a month? Say bye to your overpriced wireless plan's jaw-dropping monthly bills. The unexpected overages sound familiar? To get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash besties. That's mintmobile.com slash besties. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. We could talk about... Um... Guys, we have to talk about it. Oh, no. Uh-oh. I don't know if Dave, Dave Tack can participate <laughs> oh, we done. in the greatest 15 minutes of reality television ever filmed. No, go ahead. I'll sit back. I'll drink no, I'll we can't talk. No, we can't talk about the the evisceration of Des's heart. <laughs> Gosh, of... she uh, left on the floor bleeding. It was uh. really bad. Um, why don't we play um, a game? Mm-hmm. Can we save? You can't. You can't save. <laughs> uh, I was just going to go through my Google News alerts and read some of the headlines that people wrote about Nintendo only selling 160,000 Wiis <laughs> oh, this over the good. course of three months. Lovely. It's not good. Because um, some people, some people got um, pretty ribbled with their headline choices. I mean, I don't know. I can't imagine. This is what I can't imagine. Like, I get that the, that the Wii U is doing very poorly. What I can't imagine is that they think that over in, from now until March, it's going to sell, no joke, 10 million units. Because they are sticking to their estimation that they will... It's at will, a little over three and a half right now. Right. And th- I think their estimation was that well, they'd sell 14 million units by March of 2014. Are you sure about that? Because that's 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 bonkers. Uh, I gotta let me double check estimate. Yeah. Oh. The good the good news is Wait, that the 3ds mo- is doing super well for them, um, which is like 
the the fact that I'm saying that sentence out loud is kind of crazy because I feel like definitely not to the extent that we're saying this about the Wii U, but there was definitely some doom and gloom about the 3DS following its its launch because they did, you know, something fairly similar to what PlayStation um, is only now starting to recover from mm-hmm. on the Vita, which is where they had you know a, a fairly big launch lineup and then just fucking forgot about the thing. Yeah. yeah. Let me let me adjust my statistics because I got it wrong a little bit. So their forecast is that they will sell nine million Wii U consoles by March of twenty fourteen. So they've sold three point five. So you're only off by five million. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but I will say so. Essentially, they're you know from the, for the lifetime of the console, they've sold they've sold three point six, and then they're going to have to sell another five and a half to hit this number. And, and there's no the, games coming out. Those 3.6 were like all... Don't say, there's... Okay, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. You can't... You can't say there's no games coming out. Okay, for this year, I can think of two big holiday games coming out. Well, I'm, Pikmin's obviously out, but... Payonetta and what's the other big holiday game? Super Mario? I don't <laughs> think that's this year. console pusher like Bayonetta 2. Yeah, yeah, Super Mario's in December. Okay, so Super Mario. Well, when so is you have, those are two Smash games. Brothers? Smash Brothers isn't this year. Is next next year, year, Smash Brothers next year, and it's not going to happen for March probably. Um, there just isn't the software to move. There's not. There's, there's got to be a, like a, a significant price cut. There needs to be a, like a sensible marketing push. That's not just like listen, us guys are like, sound like a <laughs> we're, sound like we're a serious business time business podcast for um, stocks. <laughs> I, like I don't know what it's going to take for them to turn, to turn this this boat around. Well, I, like, but but we should note like we're already seeing it on the 3ds. Like the 3ds boat is being turned around. It's being turned around by like a a super aggressive first party release schedule. Right. I don't I don't think there's much third party support for the 3ds. No, absolutely am I, not. Am I wrong about that? Uh, but like that's sort of when I think of what it's going to take to get the Wii U going, it's. It's fucking games. Yeah, like, but it's I, only going to be first-party right. games. You're not going to... I mean, this is, again, it's a return to form for Nintendo from the era of, like, GameCube, which is... Yeah. They're just sustaining themselves with first-party. And it's, right. like, they're... You know, 3DS is picking up with first-party releases, and there's a lot of for really good first-party games coming out, and I'm and sure stra- this will happen. Is, that strategy is working out better than... The strategy of of PlayStation Vita, which is somewhat similar in that there's a lot of mostly first party releases, but like, especially the indie stuff, like they're they are getting more third party support. I would say. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. The Vita is uh, well kept alive, honestly, by indies and third party support, Uh, whereas it's the opposite for 3DS. It has thrived despite the fact that nobody's nobody's making games. I I I don't know. Like, it's going to have to take the best fucking Mario game, the best fucking Zelda. Oh, Wind Waker HD. Oh. That's coming out this year. Right. Um, yeah. It's going to need to take, like, bundles. It's going to need to take a price cut. Like, they are going to have the, to use every arrow in their quiver. I just because don't... The, I don't see this console coming back. In three months, in three months, they sold 10,000 units across all of Europe. The yeah. entire that's fucking bananas. But they also had no new games <laughs> or one new game. Uh in as Mike McWhorter pointed out, I think two of three territories had a single new game come out. And, and to be months. honest, there are a that's lot of clueless you... grandparents in Europe. So 
Fair enough. Oh, he'll like this game. It's got the screen on it. What na- now? What nationality Plus, was that specifically? That was old lady, Europa. In in Vienna. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, but I think the the price is going. <laughs> I think the price is already a problem for the deluxe, which is I think the unit most people yeah. are interested in, and I think that's going to be an even bigger problem. In a couple of months, when you can buy a PlayStation 4 for $50 more. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to get poop smacked. I just think, what other company has the good fortunes of the legacy that Nintendo has? Which, when I say that, and this isn't to discount the games that they are releasing, because for the most part, first party is good. There are good games. But they, they have this lineup of first party games that people just devour. Like, yes. Microsoft and Sony will, it seems, never have characters that so many people love so unconditionally and that they will buy a system for. And then on top of it, because Game Boy dominated for so long, if their console market isn't going so hot, they have mobile to fall back on. And if mobile's not going so well, they seem to have console. So it just seems like they have a lot of fail-safes in place for when mm-hmm. things like this happen. And that is how they've somehow managed to survive when I don't know, when Sega couldn't have made it. Um, they, they made it through the dark days. Yeah, I mean, I think they, a lot of the reason... they probably do it again, it seems like. Well, yeah, and they're excellent game developers. I mean, yeah. most of the stuff they put out is somewhere between uh, good and great. They don't, they haven't run into the Team Sonic problem. Well, Steel Diver, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Son of a bitch. Why is that their free-to-play game? That's Steel what makes you so angry. Me. Do free-to-play Pokemon, you dumb idiots. <laughs> Do free-to-play Pokemon. Like, I will keep your company personally afloat through that through that single edifice. How much would you pay for a Master Ball? Be honest. I would I would put down... I mean, I I can catch shit without the Master Ball. That's no, the, but like, there's you know, wow, let's be honest. There's gonna be shot. There's gonna be a legendary <laughs> that like you're you're gonna want to use that Master. Did you guys ball. not know? With, like uh, in the OG days, um, it was at least at my school like the most baller thing you could do was not only catch them all, but catch them all and still have your Master Ball at the end. <laughs> like I don't need uh, that shit. Like I'll go fucking toe to toe, two hundred rounds with Mewtwo. Griffin, how many people did you talk to at your school? <laughs> Uh, just three. Okay. But they were, they were all pretty big Pokemaniacs. Yeah. Uh-huh. And they were the yeah. coolest kids, right? Uh, we were the coolest kids. <laughs> um, Nintendo, please get it together. I've been playing my Wii U a lot lately. I've started to reach the phase where, like, we have people over, and I sort of introduce it to them, and nobody has played one because only 130,000 <laughs> or however many were sold last year, last quarter. Um, like, that, I genuinely do enjoy playing it. I, I just I like the console a lot. It's I a, think it's got a lot of potential. What it doesn't have is a lot of games. Play. Yeah. Do you think it's gonna have maybe a big indie push? That would be pretty sweet. I think. <laughs> no, it would. Like indie Why indie would developers you ever like develop an indie game for Nintendo after they took the stage at GDC and literally were like, "Fuck off and die. <laughs> you are hurting us. Go I away." That. Please. To their credit, that was two or three years ago. So <laughs> yeah, they've changed now that they need help. I think that I think that there's some opportunity there, like to get a. I think the Unity license for Wii U is free. I think that, like, if you have clever ideas, that I think the indie community has shown itself as having a bigger um, preponderance for cleverness than the AAA community has. 
Like, I think there's a lot of shit you can do with the Wii U. I think there's a lot of uses that the, the gamepad has in it that nobody's gotten out of it yet. I, I think, think people are just have learned, like, after releasing indie games on Wii and having them die to the point where, like, they didn't get any money because they didn't hit that threshold that they need to hit... I feel like a lot of indies are just soured on Nintendo in general. Sure, but yeah. load up the, the Wii shop, um, you know, three years ago and count the number of indie games on there. Don't worry about it, Time Traveler. It's zero. <laughs> and then load up the Wii U eShop and look at the front page. Yeah. Like, they're all they're over. better. Yep. The, the, the placement is better. They could do a lot better in terms of promotion, but um, I don't know. I don't know. I want it to turn around so bad. Let's talk about a game. Chris Plant, do you want to go or should I? Yeah, I'll, ta- I'll talk about a game. Uh, so, my game's pretty simple this week. It'll go very quickly because it's a fast game. It turns out the sun is setting and you have to race it. Enter Race the Sun, a new game for PC, Mac, and maybe Linux. I'm not sure. I can't be accounted for the truth right now. Is this game set in Hawaii? It's my first question. No, it's set in basically... Do you know what white boxing is? is that, that's a phrase, right? When you white box a game? Yeah, like testing you, out you and your buds get in the car with the windows. Yeah! <laughs> and then you just, you just sniff some white out. <laughs> I don't is know why not... you'd need to be in a car to do that. <laughs> it's pretty much an anywhere thing. Yeah. Also, so, don't, hey, don't huff. Don't don't do it. But hey, no, guys. don't don't um, don't give me no guff. I don't huff. This uh, this message is brought to you by the right stuff by Mothers Against Drunk Driving. Go ahead, yeah. plan. Um, so you are you're like basically like a futuristic aircraft slash paper airplane, and you are being pushed propelled forward, and you have to dodge uh, giant pieces of geometry. Uh, and that's it. It's pretty much an iOS game, like an endless runner, but in 3D moving forward. Um, and as you accomplish little tasks, you unlock additional abilities like the ability to jump or other things that you can collect on the Hold course. on. Wait a minute. You need to yeah. slow down a little bit because you, uh, you said a lot of things that confused my brain. First, okay. you said you're a futuristic space plane that's also a paper airplane. Well, you look like a paper airplane, but it's obviously supposed to be, like, futuristic. Okay, that sort of makes sense. Second okay. question, how do you jump when you're in a plane? That is... That's a good question. You press A. <laughs> well, I don't think so. <laughs> like, it's a little, like, little like a double jump. No, there's no double jump. Still don't doesn't get, make any sense. Don't but, get out of control. But how do you double jump? A, pl- you don't. a plane not, not realistic. Aeronautic flight. He's basically a double. Is basically a double jump. It's just a Ew. long, sustained yes, double jump. Thank you. Double jump. Um, do you have any other questions? <laughs> okay, is it like so, Star Fox? Uh, well, visually, I mean, yeah, in that you are behind the plane and it's moving forward, and you can't slow down or speed up. You just go that speed, unless you hit like a speed boost, in which case you do speed up. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing such a bad job. <laughs> Guys, it's like the most simple game in the world. It's an endless runner, and you have to move forward, and you have to not run into shit. It does, and then is there someone shouting encouragement complex. What? Is there someone shouting encouragement at you, or maybe offering tips no, on like, just some, a like, maneuver you know, like, that you should dun, 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 pull off? Like music. What? Like if you want to maybe spin like the plane in no, a circle? you can't barrel roll. Oh my okay. God! Why are we even talking about? Can this you game? shoot? Okay. Are there bombs? Are there upgrades? Is your dad? There are in upgrades, it? and here's, you thought you're, here's, you thought, here's the hook. Are you ready? Yeah. 
they change the level every day, so there's a new leaderboard every day. Okay, that's oh. kind of fun. That's, that's nice, right? This is not a mobile game you're talking about, right? It's not. That's okay. the problem. Is I, I, I dig this game. I, I, I think it's pretty fun. It's a good like, uh, game to play between other games. Or if you are... If mm. I a, lo- a lofty could, achievement. If I worked on a PC, like if I, I was if I normally worked on my PC, I could you know be writing and then be like you know what I'm gonna do I'm gonna take a break, play this game for about five minutes and then go back to doing something else. Now I've I do understand why games like this have found more success on the iPhone because it's much easier to just you know pull out your iPhone and press an app and then play. Well, I'm on a toilet or something. Um, <laughs> Poop. You know? But but it definitely looks better. It controls really well with, you know, a joystick. That's nice. Um, so, yeah, I like it. Um, I just I just Googled... I just Googled Race the Sun. Uh-huh. And uh, an IMDb page popped up that made me understand Russ's reference earlier. Yeah. And, by the way, Russ... You can go straight to hell. <laughs> I love Jim Belushi is in Race the Sun. You bet he um, is. Uh, along with Halle Berry yep. and Casey Affleck. Um, he is credited as James Belushi. <laughs> <laughs> There's this more serious phase. Yeah, back when it was Life According to James. It was after K-9. Um, I want to talk about my game. And it's not a, f- a relatively new game, but it was recently featured in PlayStation Plus. So I imagine its player base was... Um, was expanded tenfold during that period. It was very recently pushed out of the rotation, so I apologize for not coming with oh. it earlier because it's it's one of the neater games I've probably ever played. Um, and it is Zero Escape, Virtue's Last Reward. Is anybody down with that series, the Nine Doors, Nine Peoples, Nine Hours? I mean, I've seen it, but it always scared me. It's kind of a scary game. It's kind of it's kind of scary. The the two titles, and by the way, if you're going to play Virtue's Last Reward, which you absolutely should, it's on PlayStation Vita. Um, you should make a concerted effort to pick up nine nine nine. I think they re released it through Amazon. They did like an additional print of it last year, so it may not be too hard to do. Basically, it is. Um, did you guys see Saw Two? Uh, I saw Saw One. Bas- yeah. Basic gist of both games is some shadowy figure or organization has brought nine people together to play a game. Okay. Already sounds like bad news bears, but go on. The rules are like very, very complex. Like I'm not going to waste five minutes of listeners time trying to get into it, but um, you have to solve these complex puzzle rooms um, and you do them in teams of people and in Virtue's Last Reward, after you solve the room, you get your team has to split up a set number of points. And the way you do that is through the um, ally betrayal game, which is sort of a, I think they do it in like Big Brother, right? Where like you have to vote whether to ally with the other person or betray them. And based and on both how people betray, or both, both people betray, ally. then yeah, you yeah. get no points. If one person betrays the other allies, then one person loses. One person oh, gains. The end of Bachelor Pad. Yes, it's the end of Bachelor Pad. Yes, thank you. Um, <laughs> and you do this for points, but if you go into the negatives, you die. And there are actually a lot, a lot, a lot of circumstances that lead you to die. Um, but it's a se- it's a single player game, so you're fighting. It is AI. a single player game, so you are playing against these these characters yep. and the characters are all are all very well written 
Um, and their individual storylines have, have a lot of depth. So basically the game is an interactive novel with these puzzle segments peppered into it. And the entire time as you're playing, you are making these literal life or death decisions in terms of who you want to pair up with, which puzzle rooms you want to go into, whether you want to ally with them or betray them. Um, and based on the results of those decisions, you will go down different storylines. You will spend more time with certain characters and learn more about them. Um, or like you'll fucking die or other characters will die <laughs> because they're, you know, there are very, very dangerous things afoot in, in this game. Ooh. The awesome thing about the game, and I really don't want to go too much into it because it's so fucking cool that like as it slowly dawned on me that it was happening, like I, I gained a new appreciation for the game. You at the, the sort of the flow for the game is depicted in this enormous flow chart that branches off showing exactly where each decision was. Um, so it's basically like a tree, if you can imagine that. At the top of it, it's, that's the start of the game. You, you haven't made a decision yet. And with each decision, it branches off and, and it keeps going down and cascading like that. Mm -hmm. At any point, <laughs> you can jump to a part of the tree you have been to before to make a different decision. So if you make it to the end of one storyline, which would probably take you a couple hours, and then you die, you can jump back to one of your earlier decisions and go a different way to see how it plays out hmm. and fill out another line of the tree. So you're basically filling up this flow chart of the story. What is fucking awesome <laughs> is that at a certain point, the plot of the game begins to acknowledge the fact <laughs> that you are playing through different timelines. Oh boy. At, at a certain point, characters will say something like, oh, that's not how it happened. Or like, somebody will give you a piece of information that you'll have to utilize in a different timeline. I'm pretty sure Biff had a alive. casino. That's, like, yeah, it's, it's, no kidding, like, so fucking cool That's and neat. like it, it's it's different from 999 because 999 had a uh, like had a few different endings mm -hmm. but you had to play through the entire game to get to them it didn't have this like flow chart system in this game you can literally go back and like just see how it's it's you know what it is it's the movie sliding doors oh boy but with it's saw two meets sliding doors i don't know what better <laughs> recommendation i can give it than that it really is like it's a fucking cool game and even if it's not free anymore in playstation plus i, I would pick it up i would try and do 999 first though because there's a lot of super heady concepts at work um but it's just so neat i love when like time travel and quantum leap-esque shit like that is is well represented in games yeah and it, it totally is here. sassy I, ai cool. robots they're not they're not robots yeah but how was that's Hal was a is a famous robot, so I guess you do have a. Wasn't that the name of his helper on Quantum Leap? Hal. Uh, Al. 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 Close enough. <laughs> God, I'm so angry right now. Yeah, me too. Al. Um, and Ziggy. So um, those are those are four games. Cool. Totally. We did it, you guys. We did we it. We did We're a so whole episode. So guys, do you want to talk about a bonus game? Yes. Uh -oh. b, -b, b bonus game. Earthbound. It's oh, great. No, no, we're not and doing Russia that. No, 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 no,
That would be, it would be really weird to include it like in the normal podcast. Let's save it for next week. Thank you, everybody, for listening. <sighs> Who won this week? Um, I think I um, did. Maybe. Plant, there's, you didn't win. I, I forgot what the game was. James your, Belushi won. Your game had Jim Belushi in it. <laughs> uh, everybody. I, I, I think, I think every, Dave won. Everybody. I think Dave Tack did win. Yes! Yeah, Dave Tack won. Good work, Dave. Good work, Thanks, guys. guys. Um, so this, is, this has been the besties. Um, you can read more of our work, or not our work, but the work of more talented people at polygon.com. Um, it's, uh, it's a website about video games. Um, anything else I should talk about, guys? Mm. Oh, thanks to the person who edited the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest Wikipedia page. Oh, yeah. To re- reflect the <laughs> canonical victory held by New York Giraffe. Uh, that was clutch. Is that still on there? I don't know. I haven't checked in a little while. It's been, it was on there for a while. It, it made was. me a little worried about Wikipedia's vetting process, by which I mean, you just, you just click publish and then there it is. Um... Yeah, well, thanks oh, for... Oh, it's off. Sorry. God audience. damn it. God thanks damn Joey for... Chestnut. Thanks for listening. Um, this has been The Besties. Because shouldn't the world's best friends pick the world's best things? Besties! Besties!